Welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Insiders on Reality Pop. We're here to talk about the Challenge Episode Five, and what another great episode here, Chantal. What did you think about this? And would you be able to dance battle Ed if you were out there on the challenge? Okay, I mean that's not even a question. <laughs> Absolutely, I would be able to dance battle Ed. Um, I actually grew up as a professional dancer, so I competed in ballet for most of my life. And up until like five years ago, I was still go. Watch out, Berna! For, for Monday, <laughs> <laughs> really? It was Berna. Berna's not a ballet. Oh, oh, who's 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 the dancer? This uh, well, I know Emmanuel's the dancer, and there was, yeah, was there the dancer. I would dance with Emmanuel in a second. <laughs> um, so yes, I mean, I love dancing. Whenever I go out, I'm always the one that starts the dance floor. People invite me to weddings just to make sure the dance floor happens. So I would definitely <laughs> dance off with Ed, and I love this episode. I'm enjoying these characters and the vets. There's there's been a really great um, or shocking thing that happened this episode that we're definitely going to get into and i'm going to have things come out of my mouth that i never thought that i could ever say so oh, wow. i'm ready for it what a what a way to tease it because i'm real interested in knowing what your thoughts are right now but i am going to go over to drew to get his thoughts so far on this season and and also let us know drew how have you been i know you've been slaving away on your other channel on angel cake um how's things going in general with with all the content you're pumping out i'm i'm doing well uh th this week was one of my like not so favorite weeks mentally uh, i was kind of like overthinking some things and kind of stressing myself out over like nothing uh but i did finally get through like all 161 episodes that i need to get through for the cars research wow. video so i'm excited to take all that work and all that arc that i watched and then put it into a script and put it into words and then vomit out a video that's going to be hopefully very fun to put together but i know it's going to be like so intricate and detailed but yeah it was it was it was fun it was a journey a What's big journey the process there though like did you like take notes along the way of like okay oh, okay this is a key moment key moment and like kind of log what time it was at is that how you kind of worked it out i have a giant spreadsheet of every single episode and then either a red bar or a green bar on um, if I watched it yet or not. And then I have the time marks and then what happened in the episode and wow. why it was like what happened there. So when I go back, I can be like, oh, at this time mark, I know that she gets into a fight with Laurel or something to that effect. So, and then you pull the clip after. Oh my goodness. They, yeah. Then I'll, yeah. Once I do the script, then I'll go back, back there and I'll be like, okay, this is where it was or this is a good example of something. And then I'll put it in there. It was, way different because this is such a big video like i did leroy's video and it was so so detailed but this one i feel like is more detailed that i was like i have to be able to streamline the process a little bit more because i watched <laughs> a ton of leroy stuff and then had to go back and really remember what it. episodes yeah i had to go back and be like what when did the purge water challenge happen in war of the worlds too <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so much, so much work. You know, it's uh, it makes myself and Chantel. You know, we, we're the lazy ones. We just podcast in general. It's so much easier. Just talk about the show instead of having to put all of those clips together. Going live for that exact reason. I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I need to put a little trailer on or anything like that, or edit out <laughs> my ums, or if I cough, or if I forget what I'm like. I just want to go live. It's a little bit easier. So I'm very impressed, Drew, and I can't wait to watch it. 
Yeah, so we've got a couple of people here already in the chat. Dolores speaking the truth and Sam Hidgen, all welcome to the stream here. Um, Sam asks you there, Drew, is Laurel going to be in your video as part of the current video? I'm sure she will play a part in there. So, I mean, a hundred percent. They were partnered up in Rivals together and Cutthroat was a very major uh, season for Kara's development and Laurel was one of her biggest critics in that uh, in that season. Mm. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's such an interesting um, relationship that sort of evolved over the seasons on screen as well. So I, I personally can't wait for it. But, you know, you take your time. I know you cannot, you know, rush perfection when you're trying to get something good out there. And um, can't wait, can't wait to see that. So um, I guess going into this specific episode of the Challenge uh, 37 here, you know, we start off quite interestingly here with Emmanuel going back to the house. He's got a little love letter there from Michelle. You know, clearly she may have felt some sort of a way there um, to him. And I do feel like Michelle is one of those people, especially if you've watched Survivor, that do fall in love probably a little bit quicker um, than most, I do think. Like, especially if you see the whole Wendell-Michelle situation play out on Winners of War as well. Um, and Emmanuel here, you know, he has a bit of a conversation with Tori. She's straight in there, you know, for someone that said that she's not here for the boys this season. What's happening here, Chantel? I know I know, Drew doesn't like uh, Tori too much. I've, I've, always, I've always liked Tori, but I don't know. Like, I'm starting to... I think I liked Tori when she was with Jordan. I'm starting to sort of go away from it. It's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> That's her style though. And so she's always like either in a relationship with someone or trying to get into a relationship with someone. And mm. Michelle's bed isn't even cold yet. And she's already talking to him like, oh, like she sent you a letter and like you told her that you loved her and then you know that she's going to swoop on in. But I love <laughs> the letter that Michelle left him. It's like, fuck it up for me, baby. And I'm like, yes, do it for her, Emmanuel, but not with Tori. Yes. So what, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that, Drew, if you if you um, rather would want to stay quiet since Tori's involved in the conversation. I, I will say that I feel like the one thing that gets me is like some of these confessionals that Tori has seems very like rehearsed or she has like these things that she wants to say in them and she kind of writes them down. Like when she was like, I don't think that they loved each other. It's like, of course, they didn't probably love each other. Like, I don't yeah. think that needs to be said when you're like, oh, well, he said it. But now I have to put it in there like if I swoop in later in the season or whatever, like, I just don't want that to be like, Oh, I wrecked love or it's like, come on. And we get it. Like he just said he loved her probably more as like a, a familial, you, like, yeah, kind of thing. Wow. <laughs> it was just like, oh, didn't need it. Yeah, speaking of truth here, says Tori has literally been on a downward trajectory since her rookie season reunion. And it's tragic to watch since I really liked her throughout the season. And I, I do agree. Like she's, becoming less likable for me the more she plays and like listen i'm one of those people i like i'm easily pleased you know like i mean i'm sure some of the hot takes are going to come and myself and chatel are thinking down the same line about some of the stuff about changing our minds about certain people within the game i think it's possible i think it's possible you know that um the way the show is edited you may not like someone but as the show continued to progress season by season we see these people grow they're like us you know like i'm sure we're not who we were when we were 18 right like i was a little <laughs> shit when i was 18 i've changed a lot over the years you know so you've got to you've got to look at that and say hey people grow people change you know i mean ct was an angry guy all the time like but he's starting fights hitting people you know um and he's grown and, and 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 he's become one of the most favorite characters on the show you know so i'm sure everybody goes through those growth periods but i want to stay on the love connections here because you know there's so many of it this season you know and um 
Anissa, obviously, you know, we'll get into what happens with her in this episode. She says, you know, she's a bit jealous. You know, everybody's getting these love connections going on. She doesn't have her person this season. Um, you know, a lot of Big T, a lot of Logan this episode. And I think we saw a little bit of that in the previous episode. And that's just going to continue to evolve throughout this episode, Chantal. And I'm still very high on this Absolutely. couple. I, I really like them together. I think they're super cute together. I think they're super cute together. And I really like that Big T has somebody that she can just have a good time with. I don't think that she's enjoying her experiences as much this season as she did maybe when she was with CT in the beginning. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, she's kind of an outcast. She's not considered a vet. She's not considered a rookie. Nobody's really talking to her. And so that's not really that fun feeling like nobody wants you around and wants to work with you. So the fact that she has Logan there who really loves her company, they can, you know, roll around, play fight and just be all, or, and, do whatever happens underneath the covers, um, tentacles and, and octopi or octopus. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it for her. I hope it helps make this experience a lot better for her. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's a different light that we're seeing Big T in because I don't think she's had this kind of relationship in the challenge before. I mean, she was super underrated her rookie season thrown in early and got eliminated. And then she was trying to figure out the game in total madness with bananas. And then CT, we kind of see a little bit more of her as a competitor and as a partnership. And then this season, we're getting to see the romance of Big T. I think it's like we're seeing all all the sides of Big T, and I kind of like it, especially like Chantel was saying. I mean, she's not having the most fun this season. She doesn't have what mm. seems to be a lot of people in her corner or a lot of friends. So having somebody special in the house that she can share uh, moments with is very nice to see, especially with Big T, because she's one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love the, the, the scene with them wrestling outside and Logan trying to show her a couple of moves and things. And then they were wrestling later on at night, you know, so it was it all sort of, you know, it was pre-practice before uh, the <laughs> evening. But, you know, an, another, you know, speaking of little shits, you know, Kyle coming in there <laughs> you know, and sort of stirring the pot. I uh, love that scene from Kyle. It's why he gets casted season in and season out to just sort of stir the pot a little bit. And I will say one thing, you know, Logan, you know, if he wasn't the perfect man before, for you know he definitely is because he can actually even cook breakfast the next yeah. morning you know and how rare is that in a guy to be able to find someone that can cook your breakfast afterwards so i thought it was a pretty cool scene i really love where um that's going i do feel like um it could potentially be heading for disaster sadly because of that scene with uh priscilla where big t and priscilla spoke to each other and priscilla said that maybe feelings like big t is the like i think logan really likes it but i think that big t is developing these feelings faster than what logan is at this stage or maybe logan's going to get taken out somewhere but i do feel like there's a bit of foreshadowing happening there with that conversation that she had with priscilla towards the end and priscilla saying that she needs to be careful with her heart basically when they had that conversation so you don't think that foreshadowing was specifically for this episode you think it might be more long term yeah okay. yeah that's that's what i'm thinking i could be completely off but i i got that feeling something's gonna happen I I am agreeing with Chris here because there is a point in the super trailer where I remember Big T crying and Jeremiah was like consoling her. So I don't know what that could mean or what could happen, but it does make sense when putting it together with what happens and the conversation with Priscilla. Uh, so I don't know when that's going to happen, but it's yeah, that could I don't want to I don't want to see that. 
I mean, the, the editors in the show is so good that they they really give you foreshadowing like two or three episodes in advance, and sometimes it can even play out very late in the show. And it's something that I've picked up over the the seasons of watching the challenge. They've just gotten better and better and tighter at what they do as a finished product. Like I I absolutely think that the challenge editors are the and, and this is a hot take from a big Survivor fan. I think that they're the best editors and how they tell a story at the moment in reality mm. TV. I'm really really enjoying what they're putting together like i'm i'm drinking the kool-aid um you know when they had that scene with uh amber and josh and you know uh i think it was tori sitting there with fessy in the room saying that oh they're having a notebook moment outside and they and they edited them <laughs> to the notebook moment i absolutely lost it they do things like that episode in and episode out it always delivers for me well, how they can cut out D from the entire season, like yeah. that is that's that's work. Like I, I don't know how they can still tell a cohesive story when she was a kind of major part of what was going on. And so, yes, definitely props up to these editors for being able to tell a story or remove a story and continue to tell a story, and then also add in their own special effects that make it an enjoyable story to watch. So, yes, I give you two thumbs up for these editors. I will say that I'm a little bit more critical on their foreshadowing abilities because they are more heavy handed, I will say, but they have some of the most fun. Like I think they had the best time with Gabo in this episode with oh, all yeah. of his edits. And it made me like with the edit <laughs> this week, I was like, Oh Gabo. Like I was so critical of him up to this point. And then throughout this episode, I was like, Oh Gabo. Your team, like your team Gabo now. Me I, I kind of wanted him to stay. I was I a little down. Gabo. I was a little down by the end of this Same. episode. <laughs> he gave he gave us so much and, and, and my favorite p uh, part of this is him getting ready for the for the for the um the lair and spraying on the cologne and you hear the words oh yeah on the, on the <laughs> thing. it was just amazing it's like you know i gotta make sure i smell right for logan when i'm down there potentially wrestling with him in the lair you know um just great <laughs> editing but I, I love garbo and you know for me, Gabo, um, he grew on me definitely. You know, he, he's this he's this lovable, almost innocent like person in the challenge that you don't see very often, you know. And clearly Nani really appreciated that partnership with him as well because she really wanted him to come back. She saw something of herself in him where she said, you know, I was underestimated throughout most of my challenge career. He's underestimating himself. I don't want him to do that. It seemed like there was almost this. Um, older sister, younger brother type of relationship that were forming between the two of them. And and I really enjoyed that. And, and I'm also really enjoying Nani, which is weird because I wasn't a big fan of Nani when she was younger and she was on the challenge. Like a lot what? of the times, I know I know Chantal, I knew Chantal was going to come for me for that because Chantal loves the messiness, the partying. And I, I'm more about, I'm more about not going out there for a hookup show. I'm there, you're going to go out to try and win the challenge. You should take the challenge serious. And she was never that person, but she's really matured over the years so i'm really enjoying her at the moment <laughs> well nani her birthday is the day after mine so i understand her vibes and how she she acts and so um that's probably why i feel a kinship to nani um i definitely loved her relationship with gabo um but we know that like nani is just a whisperer in that sense where she's like able to really get along with these rookies she doesn't seem she doesn't come across overbearing ever she's never like super mean forceful anything like that and so and she's gorgeous and so i feel like mm. she likes having these younger guys maybe <laughs> flirting on her a little bit and then she just gets to show them on the ropes and you know it's just like it, it works for her and so i enjoyed this um i definitely wasn't upset i was upset that he wasn't going to be coming back i did want to see maybe 
if they had more in their um, you know challenge partnership. But I do prefer the outcome of this episode better, though. I think Nani is like an ultimate partner almost because she does work better in a partnership. She works better one on one, and she's very like I think she's able to uh, like change with the partnership whenever it is she can like be that supportive role or help she's very patient we saw that with turbo in war of the worlds where she was like trying to help him out even war of the worlds too she was always in his corner when she was partnered up with bananas and x's too i mean she was a perfect partner there as well so i mean i just think she just does well on one-on-one situations and i think it plays into what Corey and everybody's talking about where she's like the challenge mom now where she's just like <laughs> She's just there. A the, very hot challenge, house. mom. <laughs> uh, milf, I guess. <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. Even well, when she wasn't sat down with like Huey, and like they had like they're like, okay, mm-hmm. let's get to know each other. Like you know, you can see all that warmth that she brings, and that she wants to have good partnerships with no matter who it was. Like if it were me, I'd probably be like, oh man, I'm gonna be with Huey. And I've now. got another hot take here. I've got another hot take about foreshadowing. Like my spidey senses Go went off it. early in the episode when Ed said that Huey made a really really good decision and going for Nani and that, you know, Nani's got all this experience and she's going to be a good partner and how she balances. I think somewhere down the line, we're going to see Ed and Nani become partners. And we saw a little bit of a foreshadowing there as well. Just, you know, that one confessional made me wonder down the line, if Tori is lost to Ed somewhere down the line, where does he go? And I think he might find a home there with Nani. I mean, I didn't, I didn't pick that up. So I will watch out for that. Absolutely. I would love to see yeah. that to be it's a hot take. I could be true. completely wrong. I might have my tinfoil hat on here, but I picked You're up right. on that and I was like, why did they show us Ed? Why did they show us Ed commenting mm-hmm. on Nani's abilities as a partner? And I feel like they would have done that for a reason. I know he's got high energy, but there's so much like, it's not one of those people that they're like thinking, oh man, we need to find something like Casey to give him a confessional this episode. Like Casey, they normally have to find her something to give her a reason to be on the, on a confessional with Ed. He's, he's so good at doing it consistently that they don't need that like i mean i still very much believe you know ed gives us everything here he's in the club he's dancing he's having a good time tori talks about the fact that he's a bit of a unicorn when it comes to his personality you know and he just has so much fun he's dancing for the editors he's like let me show you the dance moves he's coming back definitely he's a he's a lock and that's why i think gabo even though we want to see gabo come back and i i think gabo is a fun character i can very easily see him get lost in between all of these newbies that have come in this season. I think that uh, Ed, if I had to put money on it right now, if I had to go to the casino and put it on black, I'd I'd put it on Ed, you know, to come back for sure. 100% Ed's coming back. He's just, he's likable. He's easygoing. He has a good time. He's good. He's a good partner. Like he's, he's actually the perfect challenger (laughs) to be, to Mm. be quite fair. Um, And he's a fan of the show, I believe. And so I think that that's all, how old is he? Want to come back? How, how old is he? Ooh, maybe twenty. Is he like, like mid twenties? Yeah, like I feel like he's mid twenties. So he, he could be like the next Johnny Bananas, or you know that type of character. He doesn't need to be like he's not Johnny Bananas, but he could be that next person that they could have there for 10, 15 years coming onto the show if they wanted to. And they, and I think they're desperately looking for someone now because a lot of these characters and a lot of this cast is. You know, especially around the veterans, they're getting older and older, you know, so um, they're going to look for that next person that that can be there for a while. Yeah, and I think, like, every time 
we see a rookie or see people in the challenge, I'm always trying to think of like, okay, where could they fit in? Like if say mm. next season is a theme season, if it is a rivals, which I would love if they did like a rival season, there's so Same. many rivals that have popped up and I think it could do well. Um, but I, uh, Gabo really didn't have a rival in the house. Maybe mm. Huey, if mm, we're no. talking about it, um, oh, he didn't really have, <laughs> yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, he didn't really have an ex in the house. He, we could do it like a solo season if it was like a free agents two or something, but he mm. really didn't have that on screen presence that we had. Like this episode, he was shown more because he was going into the elimination and losing to Logan. Um, so when trying to figure out where people could be kind of like fit into different season themes, I just don't see where Gabo could fit in where say like Kells could fit into like a rival season with Josh after he lied about it or Emmy and um, Michaela or Tatcha and Tori could fit into a rival season or even like an exes season. There's a couple of exes that are there like uh, Michelle and Emmanuel. So it's kind of like, that's where my brain is thinking of like, how could these players fit into different season themes? And mm -hmm. as, as, sadly, I don't see Gabo really fitting a lot of the themes that could come well, up uh, later. I've got a comment there. A third of the cast here could fit in with a rival season with math equations, you know. So <laughs> it'd be quite interesting, you know, because <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty atrocious to see their math skills out there as well. Um, like, listen, I, I'm not one to judge. Like, I'm a horrible when it comes to not having a calculator and a paper and a pen. Like, you if you give me a calculator, order of operations though. They said, like, I think it was Jenny West said that you just have to do it from left to right. It's so it's very, very yeah. basic. It's like no moving things around like it was a very basic equation <laughs> like, <laughs> it like what it was 1000 divided by five i think it was times eight um plus like plus minus 500 or something like that like it was very very simple and yeah. i was very surprised that they had so much trouble i was i was wor i was seriously worried for um ct there to point because you know ct's been sort of partnered with some shocking partners sometimes over the seasons and people that have sort of held him back and i thought oh you know he's just gonna flip his lid here if Bernard can't get the math equations going because she absolutely beasted the physical part of the game she did extremely well um similar to emmanuel we see the two survivor players doing well it's something you'd think they'd do well an obstacle course type of um race and then a little bit of math in there as well emmanuel in case he actually makes it to the podium first there to try and put the puzzle together um but ct does what ct does best comes from behind puts it in gets another dub you know for for puzzles and i think that um if people are sleeping on ct like you know and they are still sleeping on him to a massive degree they shouldn't be because this guy is such a big threat going into the end game here um you've got to wonder is he going to be one of those vets that they take a shot at first because i who, who does he really have that will go to bat for him when the vets start turning on each other? I don't think anybody's going to do it, though. I think that they're terrified that he is not like he's going to come back and mm. come back with the like a vengeance. So right now, like they're everybody's playing nice. Like, yes, Fessy drew first blood here, but like they're still kind of playing nice. I don't see anybody really going coming for them. Maybe Josh and Fessy later on. I wouldn't be surprised, but um, other than them two, I don't see anybody bothering. And like we even see in that daily challenge, we see CT getting along with Emmy a little bit, and like he's he's has a good working relationship with Berna. I think that he has the 
the the rookies like they want to be with ct they want him around and so mm. i think he's pretty covered yeah one thing about ct is his social game is has been phenomenal uh since coming back from invasion and then doing all these seasons he's just being able to fit into that role of the social uh butterfly but now that he's in better shape and he's coming off of a season that he just won what does that mean um to me, I feel like you need to take your shot early and as often I as agree. you can with CT. I mean, you have to get some of these. We, A lot of people are like, oh, no, these rookies have never seen the show. But that could play into your benefit of like Kells, who is very confident with himself. If you could throw in a Kells versus CT and pray that it's something physical that maybe Kells could win at. Or if it's a partnership that you can throw in CT with a bad partner, maybe you could trip them up. But as we go into the game, who is going to be the one to take the shot and who are they going to send in against him? I feel mm -hmm. like he worked with what very well last season with Kyle and Devin Devin oh, a thousand percent knows that he can't go to the finals against CT. There's no yeah, way he's going to be able to win against CT. So he's going to have to take that shot, but who is he going to throw in CT against Kyle? I'm sure is just fine with it. Like he knows that CT probably, he doesn't want to see him in there, but he ran a finals yeah. with Johnny. He was totally okay with going to the total madness finals with Johnny. So, I mean, Kyle's going to be loyal. However, whatever way to get to the finals for himself. I don't think he cares about who he goes in with. He just wants to have a shot at the finals. So it's going to be like, who is going to take that shot and who are they going to throw in against him? that has a relative chance to taking him out, whether it is a puzzle, whether it is physical. I mean, he is a very well-rounded character. And yeah, so it's going to be tough. It's going to be very and tough. I, I, I wanted to say, you, you pose an interesting question there, like who's the person they need to throw him in with to be able to eliminate him in the game? And, you know, there's... The, the problem is, is that CT is so good at working with partners and adapting to the style of the partners that I think the only person that I really saw him struggling with last season was with, funny enough, Killer Cam, because he had someone that was just as confident and competent as him in the team that they actually clashed heads when it came down to actually doing what they were supposed to be doing in those daily challenges. So who in this cast has got that same level of alphaness to them that they would compete with him and that he would struggle in a challenge. And the only other person I could think of as a potential here that maybe he would struggle with because he had some communication issues with this person at times, but they also won a daily big T maybe. I mean, I don't know. Who who can he go down there with? And it, it is a really big problem, but I agree with you, Drew. I think with CT, you need to throw him in early and often because we do know he's got weaknesses. He's not going to win every single um, arena when he goes in there. And he's also not going to win every single daily challenge. So you got to take a risk at some point. And I don't think socially within the vets, there's going to be too many people that will step up and defend him. Even Kyle. Like, I think Kyle is okay with working with him, but I don't think Kyle's going to put his neck on the line for CT at all. So, um, you know, that's not Kyle's style. It's anyone but him. I will say that last season we did see a little bit of it in the all brawl where it was like an X battle. And then it was him going up against Kyle and Cam going up against Big T. If you can send him into an elimination where he's partnered up with somebody and it's kind of like an X battle where it's like guys will take round one, women will take round two, and then they do mm -hmm. a flip of the coin. And then you just pray that whoever he's partnered up with is going to be going up against the other person instead of him going up against somebody else. And I mean, that's the chance that you're going to have to take. Yeah. 
I do want to sort of go into Sam's question here. Who would be Michelle's rival if we're talking about rival season? And also the second question there from Sam is, who would be the most likely face of the show for females moving forward? Would it be Michelle or Michaela? Uh, I don't know if any of you guys want to try and take a stab at that. Hmm. Um, Michelle's rival. I don't know. If, was Michelle feuding with anybody? I don't who know if she, she was. Who was she like? She was pretty good in that deliberation, though. She was kind of. Uh, it was more Dewey, but every but everybody <laughs> <laughs> everybody's yelling at Dewey. Oh, what a, um, that'd be a horrible partnership. <laughs> yeah, I don't want. No, I don't think. I think Yui's definitely got enough other people. Like I, I think you know Yui could have Ashley. You could have. Um, probably will have Corey L. If there was a rival season, it would probably be you and Coriel. I think that, that was probably work, the biggest yeah. blown up, and 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 he definitely could have Gabo, but I I think it'll be Coriel and Yui. Uh, Michelle, very good, a good partnership. To be honest, Michelle, that that is a problem for Michelle, right? Because Michelle is just too kind, really, to be able to. But you could easily pull, and, and what I think they might do is they would pull someone like a Wendell in as a rival, just based on what happened on Survivor, even though they're not truly rivals. I mean, sometimes they're loose with these kind of things. If they want to bring someone in, they say, ah, these yeah. two were exes. They could be exes they could be rivals potentially based based on what happened there uh, michaela could easily have uh, well i don't know if jay is allowed to come back but jay would have been the perfect rival for michaela in a season like the challenge um and who's the most likely face of the show between michelle and michaela i think it's michelle like i love michaela yeah. but i do think michelle will um even when devin spoke to her in the aftermath um she said you know we'll, we'll see you when challenge 50 so i think there's a an appetite within the challenge circles to get michelle to come back often um but in saying that it's hard to judge michaela based off this season because she went out so early she could still become that person and like drew said last week Cara Maria went early in her first season. She was one of the first people to go, if not the first, and then ended up becoming a face of the show for the females for quite a while. But um, I, I don't know if Michelle or Michaela will become the next female face. Personally, I, I feel like um, probably neither of them will become the face as a female for the show moving forward. I, I don't I don't think that they've got that aura about them to carry the show. And, they, and they're both quite close to 30 right now as well, right? But then again, saying that Anissa's still playing and she's 40 nearly, so <laughs> could happen. I think that Michelle could be the face of the show. And I think it's because Michelle has like this kind of hunger about wanting to do well on the challenge mm. that I can see her doing the work that we are always like, why aren't you working out? Or why aren't you figuring out how to do puzzles? Like, I feel like she would become a student of the game and really come back in ready to win. And I can see her coming back and winning in her second season. Like, I, like I just feel like that's what Michelle would do. I, you know, she's having these conversations, like becoming friends with Ashley, friends with Amanda outside the challenge, like friends with Bessie, not great, but still building up her friends that are, so when she goes on the next time, she's not considered a rookie anymore. She's considered somebody that people like and want to work with. And so, I think that she's really planning on being involved for future seasons. And I, mm. I, I feel like she has a perfectionism about her with, you know, we saw in her exit interview um, when she's like, you know, like I've, I've never lost. I've always made it to the end. I've never been voted out. And so she's had this humbling experience. And now I think she wants to come back and win. I don't think she wants to leave her challenge with like, I didn't even get to the end. Like, I don't think she'd want to do that. So I see her. No, she's a champion. Back. Yeah, she is a she's, champion. she's a champion. I think it's really early on. I mean, Michaela went out episode one. Michelle came, went out episode four. But I really enjoyed what Michaela brought. Yeah. And she was already coming in, scheming, got her notebook, was <laughs> ready to go. And I mean, if you have the perfect storm and she can come in with the good uh, social game, good strategy, have 
the numbers on her side. I think she could do some real damage. And I mean, put her in there with Cam to like really like get that strategy, get her political game. Like she can show mm. her the ropes, get a big T and Priscilla and Kells. And I feel like they would make a force to be reckoned with that could really take out a lot of players that they would like to. So, I mean, I feel like Michaela brings a lot to the show. We just didn't, we weren't able to see it because uh, everybody was just wanting to go after her because of her list. <laughs> but by the way, as 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 you're talking about Killer Cam there, like to me, Killer Cam should become the face of the show. She's only 26 years old, you know. Like, um, I don't know if she wants to continue to do the challenge long term though. Uh, she took a break here, obviously, with Leroy being done with the challenge for now. I'll put it as a for now because I, you know, I'd love for him to come back at some point as well. And and people have retired before and come back to play the show again. So, um, but Killer Cam for me, I, I would be very happy with her becoming the face. I don't think she is. Um, at this stage and sam asks if ashley is the face of the show currently and i don't think ashley is either to be honest i don't think that there has been a, a big theme I, I know that the, the show is pushing for tori and for anisa to be that via the podcast that they do and all that kind of stuff but I, I don't know if there's been someone at that level and that's why i've been so critical about the fact that they they were willing not to bring amber back this season they haven't brought Jenny West back. Like, I mean, if you've got new champion, female champions that are winning the show, bring them back, give them more of an opportunity to build on what they've got. And, you know, Ashley, uh, not Ashley, um, Amber, this specific episode as well, there's a lot of drama that comes between her and Fessy. Now, I could very easily see them being a rival pairing, which would be pretty funny in the future. Um, but Fessy also, again, it could be could be Nelly T. It could be a bunch of different people um, that potentially could be a rival of his as well. But, you know, I think that's probably... the <laughs> the viewers yeah but i think that's probably um the the thing that will probably get him there is probably like an amber fessy type of like partnership would be pretty catastrophic to watch on tv because they just can't stand each other at the moment and i'm really living for what i'm seeing here in this episode with josh breaking away from them um i don't know how long that's going to hold because we know that josh has got some real friendships with these people outside of the game but i also feel like in my opinion, from what I'm seeing on the show, it's an edited show. I get it. But it does look like Joss is being treated like almost like the tag-along friend here. Like he's the third tag-along. Like they're not giving him the same amount of respect. They're not listening to him. Casey, I, I think she's someone that just doesn't like drama. She doesn't want to talk to him about it. She doesn't want to give him any energy. But I, I, I really, I'm team Josh at the moment. It's hard to say. I actually feel icky about it. But I really am enjoying what Josh is bringing this season. I'm happy that he's willing to play the game for himself. I'm happy that he's willing to go and win this game. Drew, you look Can like you you've got some things to say on here. <laughs> no, I mean, you're saying a lot of good stuff, but it's it's tough because I think he was always a tag-along friend. I mean, mm. in, in Double Agents, he was around Fessy a lot, but we can see from this season, just the small sample size, that Fessy and Casey are way closer with each other mm. than Josh has ever been with either of them. Let's just be real. And I have to say it, going back to War of the Worlds 2 and watching that season very, very recently, like today and yesterday, I rewatched <laughs> it. And it's like, yeah, Josh Josh was doing the same things back then with Pauly, and Pauly was treating him the same mm. way. I almost got like flashbacks, like, what am I watching, Pauly or Fessy? Like, oh, what's going on? And then... Yeah. The same thing happened with Fessy and Josh, happened with Paulie and Josh back and then. And I'm like, yes, yeah, stand up for yourself. Break away. Do your thing. Because guess what? 
be somebody else's number one because right now you're somebody else's number three or number four with K Fessy and Casey. Go be Devin's number one because you guys were friends anyways, and now D Kyle is sabotaging him, and that kind of is on the rocks. Slip in there. Get in there. Be his definitive number one rather than possibly being somebody's number two, number three, number four, or even lower. Like, they'll throw you in before they throw each other in, so you know you're not their number one. Hmm. Yeah, I have to say, then that's what I w was going to, you know, bring up is that shockingly, I enjoyed Josh this episode and I kind of like him a little bit. And I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> um, I think my, my, my thoughts behind this is that he's been hanging out with Devin. Devin is a hated guy and he gets into fights and arguments with people. But I think he's learning that whatever Devin does, people don't hate him as an audience for. Like, there's something about mm -hmm. the way that Devin acts that people still like him, even if they hate him. Like, they like to hate mm -hmm. him, like, rootable, you know, um, you know, villain, whatever. And so I think he's learning from Devin and he's becoming rootable. And he's giving like decent advice to Logan at one point. And I'm like, and even with the, the fight that he has with Casey in the kitchen and she's like, oh, we're not, we're not talking anymore. We're done. We're done. Like that whole thing. He didn't blow up. And it was just like, we're done. I'm like, oh my God, if they're actually done, I'm like, I'm so team Josh here. I'm not team Fessy, team <laughs> Casey. And I'm rooting for Josh to take them down. Like, is like, are we yeah. going to? An alternate universe right now. What's happening? The Matrix. <laughs> it is coming out in yeah. new season four. <laughs> Matrix four is happening. I think we're in it right now. <laughs> but but that's that's part of the fun for me of watching the challenge. Like I kind of alluded to it earlier, is that you can see growth in people on the show because they're coming back to the show year in and year out. They're seeing themselves. They're watching the things that they're doing on the show. I mean, Johnny Banana spoke to that after years. He said, "I had the the ability to see who I was as a kid." And sort of learn from that every year and adapt and 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 change. Like I saw that through the lens of the audience as well. You know, obviously he's still a bit. Yeah, uh, it's, I'm reaching here, guys. I'm reaching. But you know, at the end of the day, it's one of the things I love about the shows. You can see growth in people. You can see them come back year after year. And just because you hated someone five seasons ago, it doesn't mean that you have to hate them this season if they are changing. You know, you should be open to people changing and doing things differently. And Yui, for me, I had flashbacks to Josh when he first started here, blowing up at the end going off at Paul Gabbo. And I just thought, like you guys said it last week, and I was like, yeah, I'm okay with Yui still, but maybe I'm a week later than you guys. I'm completely over him now. Like he reminded me of what Josh 1.0 was like. I, I like Huey a little bit, but I I don't enjoy the fact that he doesn't realize when to just like tone it down and stop. Like, of course I'm like, yes, get on that chair, Huey, get on that chair. But like as a viewer, but realistically like Huey, sit down and close your mouth. Nobody's looking at you right now. You're with Nani. You got the partner that you want. Like, why are you getting involved in this big fight? And so, yes. Uh, but he's a hypocrite. He's a hypocrite. Yeah. He was going off at Gabo for the fact that Gabo wanted to take his partner back. And then he's saying to Gabo, oh, you know, you just needed to tell me that um, I shouldn't have taken your partner and I wouldn't have done it. But if they were mates, that shouldn't have even been a discussion. You know what I mean? Like, so I just, I couldn't. Like, yes, there's the theater, and yes, it makes like I understand why people like that get casted on the show, but also remember the producers looked at that, you know, with Josh in the early stages of Josh's challenge career, and they said, Great, here's a guy that will shut us, 
you know, head off and we'll just continue to bring him back. Even if people hate that and it got old pretty soon, we're still going to continue to bring him back because he does something when there was a lot of other boring, probably people around him that weren't doing much at that time. I'm just fearful that Huey's going to become that person that's going to look yeah. for fights where there's no fights to be had in the first place. And he, in my opinion, he was completely in the wrong. He had absolutely no reason to get angry at Gabo at this point. And I was so happy, so happy when Karma came back to bite him and Logan ended up taking Nanny in any case at the end. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. And and that's a that's a partnership, guys. That's a partnership that is destined to fail. We know that they're gonna continue to put the 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 rookie rookie people down there. So definitely he's going down next. And Emmy is another person. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not high on her at all. She's a whiner. She's a crier. She's constantly like this victim kind of mentality around her that I, in real life, just don't associate with. I find it very difficult to shout for me personally. You know, and, and again, um, maybe she's not like that in life. Like, I don't want to like, I don't know what she's out like outside of the show, but I'm finding that very hard to identify with in this season. I don't know how you guys feel about her. Emmy. I mean, Emmy's really young. Um, I think she's very much out of her comfort zone. And I think that that's why, like, it seems as though CT is kind of endeared to her a little bit. And so mm -hmm. I'm hoping that, you know, the CT whisper or the, the Emmy whisper comes out in CT and maybe he could, like, construct, like, a super rookie or something like that out of her. Um, yeah, but right now she's just a little bit too emotional and doesn't have all that kind of together enough for me to enjoy her antics. Like it's just it's it's not enough for me right now. So I'm I'm with you, Chris. I don't really care for her that much. Yeah, I feel like we haven't seen a lot of her besides her throwing a tantrum or being upset or anything like that. We're talking about the power of editing, by the way. Uh, when we're mm. talking about Tori uh, being somebody to root for in War of the Worlds two and getting the hero edit, and then from then. We're not really like taken like we aren't smitten by her anymore. We're kind of just like, oh, OK, Tori's back on the TV screen again. Uh, the same thing with how Cara was and now Josh. We're like all liking Josh. It's all the power of editing. And um, mm -hmm. I think we're just not seeing a ton of editing from Emmy it's to favorable. like make us want mm -hmm. to fall in love with her. Uh, but I wanted to bring something up now that you talked about Emmy and then CT talking. You you brought up a possible pairing with Nani and Ed. Could there be a possible pairing don't with put CT it. and Emmy? I mean, <laughs> could that in the universe? She, in the preview. I, I do. I could see that. Go ahead. I mean, in the preview, we saw that CT and Berna aren't getting along with each other. She's like, CT's not talking to me. CT's not feeling the, the, the duo of them anymore. And maybe that's a thing that maybe possibly somewhere down the line, Emmy and CT are going to start working together. Maybe he can use his Emmy whispering abilities. Why do you think he'd want that, though? I'm just I don't know. <laughs> who would yeah, yeah, like... be the best person for CT to run a final with? Like, at this point... Amber. Amber, maybe, but it's like they, the math thing could screw them over. So, not great. Yeah. But I don't Ashley. think that... 
<laughs> people he's won with before <laughs> i mean we talk Actually, about like the the edit and putting stuff in there that's kind of like out of left field i mean they didn't have to show ct like building emmy up and being like yeah. you gotta fight come on or whatever i don't know how to do his <laughs> boss but on, on <laughs> <laughs> i know that was CT did that. australian <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he did that for he did that for yui as well like a couple of episodes ago didn't he, he like pumped yui up and he he showed him his old man training regime and all that kind of stuff you know so um I, i'm hoping that it's just showing the again that dad side of ct just wanting to help the rookies and stuff i really don't want him to get paired with emmy because i just feel like emmy is a train wreck i could be wrong like you're right editing can make you feel a certain type of way towards someone we we see a very one-dimensional character on the tv screen that is through the lens of the editor and how they would like for us to feel about that character when they're playing the show. So there could be so much more to her. Um, I, yeah, I'm really fearful of that. Uh, speaking the truth here asks an interesting question in the chat. He says that, um, you know, could Yui be Emmy's partner in the whole role that they show in the trailer? If so, who do we think they'll face off against? Um, I guess we know, I think we can turn that around. Like, could be the whole role, who knows? Um, but who will Yui and Emmy face off with most likely in this next round who do we think is in most danger at this point in the game and it's such a wide field of people that they can choose of i would automatically just think amber we can we're gonna see her again fighting um in the next episode and it did look to me like fessy the vets are more on fessy's side and on casey's side they've got more connections like for me josh is actually in pretty treacherous water at the moment since he's sort of paired off from that group you, you, know, you see Fessy talking to Casey they've got Tori in there they've got Nani in there so there's a lot of people around there so Josh may find a home with the young bucks and potentially Devin that could be a counter that for, forms against those guys I don't know it's, it's very tough but I would say Amber just based off what we've seen in the edit she may still be in danger and Amber and Emmy Hall brawl would be interesting because Amber's won two of these whole brawls before she's got rugby experience um, which is one of the reasons she's quite you know, physical. And Emmy looks like she's no slouch. Like I think in the physical stuff, like Devin said, you know, Gabo and Emmy couldn't find common ground, even though they both look like they've murdered some people in the past. You know, she's, <laughs> she's pretty, she's pretty physical. I thought it was a golden uh, sort of uh, confessional there, but what are you guys thinking? You know, what, what is the different options here? I, I would be here for an Amber Emmy Hall brawl. I think that could be quite exciting I, for the guys. It's a little bit harder. I actually don't know who they'll throw in as a guy. I hope it's a, it's another newbie. I don't know. I mean, like Bettina, like who? Um, I know that Fessy and her have something mm. going on, so that's why she was kind of protected on his um, uh, win. So maybe her, Priscilla, she's been having quite a few confessionals, but maybe this is just to be like, oh, she's going to be going home soon. So like, let's get to know her a little bit. So I could see her going in and not coming out. And then obviously Jeremiah, we haven't really seen him. We had that one like kissing moment in the club two episodes ago maybe that's going to be something like maybe that's why amber's crying because like maybe they're throwing jeremiah in and she likes jeremiah and so she doesn't want him to be going home i don't know but um we haven't really heard that much from those people and they haven't been bringing anything so they can go <laughs> like they can go against them anyways yeah um you might know this one here drew does emmy have a rap single uh she did put out like an instagram post about like an alien comic looking into like uh the medicine cabinet and then she put like september 14th so i'm i think something dropped uh or something or something's gonna Will be drop? dropping very soon 
yeah so uh yeah she could be dropping something out she's like soon and she's putting alien stuff everywhere so i mean you know what blows my mind and i might be the only one that finds this interesting as being like english is my second language afrikaans is my first language right and it's quite funny sometimes you you see people when english is not their first language and the way that their accents sound are quite strong when they talk right but when they rap or they sing, a lot of the times that just disappears. So I'd be very interesting to know if Emmy is one of those people that when we listen to her rap song, you'd be like, oh, that sounds like something that we could hear in America. Unless you're obviously from the UK and you've got that style of rap because that's something completely different. Um, but, you know, it'd be interesting to see what her tracks actually sound like when it's out. I'm definitely going to give it a listen. Let's, I'm curious. Let's all down it. Buy, buy it on iTunes, everybody. Let's make it a hit. <laughs> Spotify, just go it. listen on Spotify. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're not say. all buying it, we're sharing it. <laughs> what are we in? Uh, what are we in the 1990s? I'm not buying anything. <laughs> Can you burn it on a disc? <laughs> yeah, I'll record it on my on my cassette. You know. <laughs> um, okay, where are we at? So, what else on this episode was interesting? Obviously, Anissa she ends up going out with an injury, which is a, a big part of the episode. Obviously, this means that I've now lost two people due to me of X this season and both Tommy and Anissa. Um, and, you know, I feel for Anissa to go out this way is not the way we wanted to see her go out of the game. Puts a massive target on Logan's head as well. Um, firstly, what do we think about Anissa going out in such a way and Logan here volunteering himself to ultimately go down there? I think it was probably the only move to do, really, because he was going to, like CT said, all the guys were looking at him. He was vulnerable. He was on his own. I think it was pretty obvious he was going to go down regardless. So you might as well just embrace it. Um, well, about the Anissa stuff, like... I don't want anybody to get hurt. Like I don't, that's what I don't like about kind of the new wave is that like there's super dangerous tasks that people are having to do. And like, I don't want to see anybody medevaced ever, whether it's survivor, whether it's the challenge. Like I want people to be able to physically be able to play in these things. It's regular people still. It's like, we're not super athletes. These are regular people that are playing a game show for money. So I don't want anybody to go home because they dislocated their shoulder. Like that looked really awful. And mm -hmm. I, and pay, um, so I don't appreciate that drama of it all. I, I knew that she was going to be gone because I remember, uh, was it last season? The, where Nicole dislocated her shoulder. She was like, just pop it in, pop it in, I want to stay. And then she was medically DQ'd. So I, I knew that if it was looking the way that Nicole was looking, that she wasn't going to be coming back. Um, when she did come back, though, I thought that it was a really nice moment. I... I did share a couple, shed a couple tears. It did happen. Um, I was, I was saddened by her, her leaving because I know that it does mean a lot to her to be there. This is her life. This is like something yeah. that she knows for the last twenty years that she's been a part of. And going out this way never feels really good, especially you know she doesn't want to leave Tori because Tori's her her number one ally, and that means that she's going to have a harder time getting to the end and winning with the fact that she's going to be gone. And then her partner, Logan is going to be, is going to be by himself and like having to fend for himself. And so that was a really emotional moment for me, but um, you know, we could talk after about the Logan of it all, but what do you think about that Drew? Were you missing Anissa yet? Um, I, I think it's very sad to always see somebody leave that wasn't a part of an elimination or they, mm. it was like a freak accident too. Like she just like lost her grip or something and just fell off the wall. At first I thought like somebody's ankles were going to go. Cause whenever you see a big wall, everybody's going to have to jump over it. Once you climb up on the top, everybody just jumps off and they're all muddy there. It's wet. I thought somebody was for sure going to jump off this thing and slip. 
Um, it was very unfortunate to see her go down that way. And I mean, this is the fourth person to leave in five episodes that okay. you were either DQ'd or medical DQ. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy how last season. I think season, it's bad luck. I think it was it's bad like, luck. Like six people. I mean, six people last year went yeah. out medically DQ'd or took themselves out of the game. And now it's four out of five in five episodes. It's just, yeah, you kind of, kind of see the patterns here and figure out what's going on. Like, what are we doing here? That's causing all these people to leave so soon in a season that's outside of eliminations. Cause this isn't fun to watch just no, multiple no. people leave. Well, I, I will say as someone that's done um, many obstacle course races in my time, and, and it's something that I enjoy to do in my, in my pastime, like you do see people get hurt on those races. Like, I mean, I've gone to so many Spartan races where you, you start, like, the, like I remember well. like in Tough Mudder, like actually the first ever obstacle course race I did was Tough Mudder. And I remember going into the, to do it, it was like maybe four or five years ago that I got hooked onto it. And there were people being um, sort of moved out of it on stretches into ambulances because they, they, they slipped in the mud or they hurt themselves. And I was like, shit, what am I getting myself into? And you've got to sign a waiver to say that if something happens, you can't sue the people that you're doing. At, at the end of the day, it is a, it's not like there's certain elements of risk to a show like this that I think will mm -hmm. always be there. And I, I don't think it's because the producers are like, there's sometimes where you think, okay, you guys are like in the hall brawl, myself and Chantal have spoken about this before. There's a reason that when it comes to wrestling and, you know, fighting UFC, there's weight divisions, you know I mean? Yeah. You can't put a guy that's like twice your, your weight against the small guy running up against each other. I think that's dangerous, but I think with an obstacle course like this, you know, it, it, things can happen. It was a freak accident. It was just what happened is bad, but I don't think it's the producers being um, like th this. This would be a pretty um, tame challenge compared to what people go through on the on, on Survivor sometimes. You know, and we've had medevacs on Survivor as well. But if you look at Australian Survivor, that that's why I think if Australian Survivors ever make their way onto the show, they will do well, especially if they're one of those people that do well in challenges <laughs> because it is some of the most competitive challenges you'll ever see on TV. You know what I mean? Like this, this looks pretty relaxed and tame compared to some of the stuff that they do. So I don't think it is the producers. I don't think that they have to look at it and say, oh, we need to make challenges easier for people. I do think safety should always be very important. Um, and I, I hate seeing people go out this way, but I hope – that people realize that it's not, it, it's just some of these things can sometimes happen. Like you said, it's, oh, yeah. you know, maybe, may, maybe it's a, an element of letting people know beforehand, listen, you need to be careful when you're jumping over those things as well for the ankles and that stuff. But as soon as competitive juices start flowing, like these people are there for a reason. They're competitive. They're going to try and get any advantage they can. They're going to try and take shortcuts. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's sad to see her go this way. And I was with you, Chantal. I thought, you know, definitely out and seeing Tori and her, the friendship that they've got, it is really nice to see, even if you maybe don't like the individuals that much themselves. Um, I think it's still pretty cool. And you know how she was willing to help us shower and things like that. You, you, you can't, how can you not feel bad and, and look at that and say, you know, even if you don't like Tori, you don't want to see Tori be disadvantaged in this way either within the game. And I do think Tori is one of those vets. She keeps talking about the fact that the vets thing will come to an end pretty soon. I think she might be, collateral damage in that war that's going to happen pretty soon so really interested to see where that's going to go especially if tori is close to that fessy um casey and also nani side of things like i don't know if that faction is going to win out this time um i feel like josh and the rest of the the, the veterans on the other side might win out this season but we'll see how things play out i mean it's all speculation at this point um I did also want to touch on here in the actual lair challenge, since we were on the 
the, the, the topic of challenges. It was quite interesting for me to see these guys go up the rope using the arms doing farmer um, basically rope climbs without using their legs. Because one of the first things you get taught when you do CrossFit, when you do any kind of obstacle course race, is you get taught the proper technique of using your legs. So you basically use your feet to pinch the rope and then you use your legs to climb with your arms, which basically allows for you to do that a lot more without burning out your arms. These guys were just going, and, and in the beginning I was thinking maybe it's, it's a rule. They were told you're only allowed to use your arms. You're not allowed to use your legs. But I saw Logan trying, and he didn't have the right technique, but he was sort of like pinching it with his thighs, trying to climb it at the end because he was getting burnt out. The lactic acid in his arms was just building up. Horrible technique. Anybody that's got good rope climbing technique would have killed both of these guys in this challenge. But I did enjoy it. Like, you know, aesthetically, it looked really appealing to watch them climb these ropes, um, look at the, the sequence of puzzle pieces, and then having to figure it out at the bottom. And the editors got me here. I, for the longest period of time, thought Gabba was going to do the impossible and he was actually going to beat um, Logan. Because even though he was taking his time and, and he was in Gabbo's world, you know, and praying to Mike the situation there at one point, which was funny, <laughs> um, I thought he might come back and actually win this. Well, especially with like the, the love of the misdirect. And so everybody's like, oh yeah, Logan's got this. Logan wants to go in there. Logan wants to go down against Gabo. Um, and I think it was even Tori that said in the deliberation, like, hey, like I've gone down before and I've not come back out. Like, so like, do you really want to throw yourself in? And so these are all things that are happening. And I'm like, oh my God. And then we saw the conversation with Big T and Priscilla and I'm like, Oh my God, is he going yeah. to call Gabo? And like, Gabo's doing well in this competition and people are cheering for Gabo. They don't even want Logan to come back. And Nani's cheering for Gabo. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Is he really going to take, is the love story going to be over? These these lovers are going to be separated. And yeah, I was I was caught. They, they duped me. I actually thought that there was no way Gabo could win. Uh, just for the sole fact that we've seen Logan more often throughout the the season already. They set up the big T kind of like love thing in episode four. And we didn't get to see really much of Gabo until this episode. So when they kept on showing both men, I was like, all right, I think that Gabo is the one that leaves, especially when he was like, I don't have room in myself to like memorize anything. I just have songs and <laughs> and and he keeps on talking about uh the situation and and jersey, jersey shore, shore. I'll, I'll be honest i've never seen a single episode of jersey shore right, ever like, terrible but watch it never um, but so that's name, where my head was at but they did name the episode title after him so i wasn't sure if that was because he was staying or because he was going you know what i mean so mm -hmm. i wasn't sure if it was gonna be the victory um, and that's why they named it off of him off of him so. yeah so ultimately here you know we we get logan Take out the win, he gets an opportunity. And and I actually wanted to talk about CT doing the normal fake out here of well, I didn't say it was a guy's elimination only. And yeah. you know, for it's like, is it ever gonna be anything else? Like it's just getting to the point now. I, like I'm surprised anybody else is shocked up there because he does that season after season, every time. Like it's getting all like a my I love I love him, but you know, it's just getting a little bit old now. Like, I mean, you know that he's these guys these veterans know what's going on they know how to plan around things they've been there enough it's really hard to fake them out you, at some point he might have to take a risk and actually follow through just so that people again start thinking actually maybe yeah. there's some truth to what he's saying exactly get them scared and rectify that mismatch in numbers the next episode you know but just keep them on their toes for this episode so um 
overall, you know, funny moment. Didn't, you know, just think it's maybe being a little bit overplayed there. But, you know, I really wanted to talk about Logan here. He chooses Nani as his person moving forward in the game. And obviously that makes Yui now someone that's going to be partnered with Emmy. Um, did you guys for a second there think that maybe he would go for someone like Tori because Tori and Anissa was so close and um, he would want to work with her? Or you got, were you guys pretty sort of confident he was going to go in that direction of choosing Nani because we've never really seen Nani and him even communicate prior to this. So it was an interesting choice. And um, why do we think everybody's willing to work with Nani this season um, opposed to other seasons? Well, I think I would want to work with the person that two people are like almost going to blows over in the deliberations. <laughs> Be like, oh, you guys are fighting over her? I'm like, I'll just take her then. And <laughs> we'll just settle that fight. So I think it's like she becomes a lot more desirable when people are wanting to be partners with her. They might be like, okay, what does she have? Like, what's so good about her? Like, I want some of what everybody else is wanting. And so I think it's the the fact that people have been fighting over her is why they want to, he wants to be with her. And it, I think it's a very good choice for him as well, because like all the things that we've talked about, Nani and her good qualities. And I think that they could yeah. be a winning team together. Like, I do think that they could work together and do some of these challenges well enough to be victorious. So I think it, I want to see this coupling and I want to see them work well together. Yeah, I didn't think I didn't even know who he, he would choose. I knew he would choose a, a woman vet. I, I just didn't even put it in my mind or process it like wh who he would be able mm -hmm. to pick or who he would pick. But uh, in the aftermath, Josh did say that Logan came up to him asking who he should pick as a partner. And Josh said, pick Nani. So it just seems like everybody's listening to Josh. When Amber was down there, he's like, pick Devin. And so she picked Devin. And now Logan's coming to him as a friend and advising him to pick Nani. I think he's just trying to build more connections with his own connections. So whoever's with Devin, go with them. And then let's just start working outward with our connection. So I'm feeling like he's doing the same thing with Nani. Like, first of all, let's get her away from Huey and let's get <laughs> Logan. And now I have a two teams that are fully working with me kind of thing. Like Devin and Amber are going to work with me. And now we're going to have Logan and Nani working with me. So now we have three, we have six people working this yeah. out. Mm -hmm. But but it's but it's interesting though because that makes me wonder about Josh's true intentions of turning against Casey and also Fessy because obviously Casey and Nani has got that close relationship as well you know so is he one foot in one foot out at this stage it's kind of sounding like it may be like I mean it's good strategy regardless to get people that you're working with together and sort of having them all paired up but I I am sort of worried about that and we don't really see much of Nani and um josh's relationship this season we know that they're very close as well but i feel like there's just so many interconnected relationships here that when these people start turning on each other it's going to be pretty brutal like i'm all here for it it's going to be exciting <laughs> tv but that's going to be brutal like some people's feelings are going to get hurt um you know because where does where does nani go is she going to be switzerland in this situation is she just going to be like uh you know i, I don't know like i mean she's she's with casey now she'll choose casey for sure but yeah um I don't think that Josh will put her in that position, though. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Josh ended up mm. maybe getting Casey taken out and, like, so he can have Nani be a little bit freed up there. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how that kind of falls apart. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, need to, we need to see that happen sooner rather than later, get Casey and Fessy into that elimination. And, you, you know, if, if we go into next season again with the same bloody cast, the same Big Brother Alliance again, like, I... I'm going to pull my hair out of my head. Like I've seen enough of Fessy and Casey 
at this stage. Like Josh is showing, showing me more growth than those two. I'm not interested in those two at this point. Um, so, yeah, but they, they keep making it to the end somehow. Uh, guys, is there anything else that you want to talk, to talk about about this episode that we may have missed before we go into our cast assessment and uh, look at who's left in the cast, I should say, and do <laughs> our rankings? Um, one thing I wonder if you guys thought like I did. So during the deliberation, there was a moment where Fessy decides to pipe up and being like, yeah, you know, we know that CT is going to uh, keep keep his word or whatever. And then he said something like, you know, we're all being so straightforward at this point. And then you see Amber turn to him like, oh, we're all being straightforward. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, we're doing this now. So like that little spat I thought was interesting. Yeah. But I was wondering if that they were they were setting us up for CT maybe actually turning and throwing Fessy in there. Because Cindy was acting really like sus. I was like, he's like, I promise you guys, I promise I'm, I'm not gonna be throwing you in. Like he wants Gabo, I'm gonna give him Gabo. And I'm like, Cindy, why are you why are you acting like that if you're throwing in Gabo? So I was thinking that maybe he was throwing in Fessy, and I was just like, I was salivating with the hope that that was coming. And so maybe it's coming later on in the season. But that's something that crossed my mind this episode. I think I he mean, was just nervous, eh? I think he was nervous and, and wanted to deflect. I don't know what you thought, Drew. Yeah, I think it's too early. I mean, we I I just ugh, I hate to bring it up, but War of the Worlds 2 is just stuck in my brain, and he's like working with Kara's side the whole time, and then it got to the end where he decided to make the move, not throwing in Tori, and decides to send in, well, he, he voted for Ninja, but it was Ashley versus Nani, both US side instead of anybody from his UK side. So I don't think it was going to happen this episode, but it could very well, he's, he's going to have to make a move at some point, and he knows it. Like if he wants, like last season, he wanted to get cam as a partner because he saw her as a very great uh competitor and so he wanted to make that move sooner rather than later and see how well they gelled with each other if they could put on a winning streak get to the finals together so it's gonna happen uh gosh i'm just like they they say it so much though i mean tori's like oh she's technically a vet meaning we don't really count her as a vet we just want to throw her in and who cares kind of thing and oh it's gonna end soon it's like when when is it gonna end soon can it just yeah, happen yeah. now like we heard this like for three episodes everybody's just laying awake it's gonna happen we're all just sitting there on tender feet or whatever it's like do it like please like nothing has happened we got a passive aggressive argument in the kitchen and then we yes. have two people throwing themselves in at the 45 minute mark, there's still 45 minutes left in this episode. Let's just go. Like people yeah, yeah, yell yeah. at each other. Please. Yeah. It's happening. I think next and week. Dev next week. Week six. <laughs> and, and and Devin is giving himself pats on the back because of how great this um alliance have worked together so far. And he's thinking it's the greatest TV ever. But for me personally, I'm with you guys. I I, I thought it was really predictable in that sense. Like I'm still enjoying the season. I'm still enjoying things playing out because I know it's going to come. Like, I, I mean, I know we're, we're heading that direction um, and they're going to have to make some moves pretty soon. I think one player we didn't really talk much about here and obviously being from Africa, I'm always looking at the African queen that's out there and Esther, you know, she's, she's consistently performing really well. We're continuing to see that storyline between her and Fessy where she's, extremely happy about being partnered with him and i think that she's in for a rude awakening at some point i think we spoke about this a little bit last week i think there's going to come a point where he's going to he's going to betray her he's not going to run a final with her she's doing well now but final is a different beast and um or it's either he's going to betray her 
or he gets taken out and she's on her own at some point in the game. Um, one of those two things are going to happen. And I'm loving what I'm seeing from her so far. What do you guys think of Esther? Has she, up until this point in the show, do you think she's done enough to potentially be one of those rookies that could get a recall in the future? I'm not sure, but I am curious about why she throws water in Amber's face. Um, so hmm. maybe that will make influence me as to whether or not I think she'll be coming back. Um, I don't know if she's strategically good enough yet at this game to be, you know, I, like I want to see what she has to do. Like right now she's just with Bessie who I can't stand and they've won a couple of dailies and made decisions that I didn't want them to make and she was willing to go along with it. So I'm just kind of like, Mm, I know you're in a situation where you kind of have to follow your partner. Your partner's a vet. He's running the show between the two of you. But I think the stink of Fessy is making me not care that much about Esther right now. So maybe when he's gone or she has a new partnership or we can see some fight in her and making some strategic moves or throwing some water in uh, Amber's face, like maybe that I can tell like what she is like actually as a player. Um, but right now I don't know if she'll be coming back yet. I think yeah. she could come back. I think she has a good like resume right now. I mean, two wins out of five episodes and uh, she's going to get into some of the drama. I think one thing is, is that she's going to stick up for Fessy way too much. Like being like, Hey, don't call my partner a snake and then throwing water in Amber's face when you know, they're going to have a conversation about what Fessy did and, and everything. So, I mean, I think she's just sticking up too much for Fessy. And I mean, that could be her ultimate downfall is being too like in a game where you can be thrown in at any point or switch partners at any point. She's too attached to Fessy. I feel it's like you need to be able to move around and be like water instead of throwing water. <laughs> I just had a, had another um, thing that I remembered about this episode. Uh, Nelly T, you know, sort of doing the challenge and saying, you know, he's kissing these two bad boys, which is just the typical Nelly T confessional. I now know who, I know who he makes me think of every time I see him on screen this season. Mr. He's T? the black Johnny Bravo. He's Johnny Bravo, isn't he? Johnny like, have you guys watched Johnny Bravo before? It's the guy with the blonde hair. Um, it's like, hooyah, and he keeps kissing his own, like, muscles and doing the poses. He just reminds me of this cartoon character, um, Johnny Bravo. I might be on my own here, but I, I'm like, from now on, he's Johnny Bravo in my mind. You know, he's just this big character. I love what he's bringing to the show. I know he's your number one pick, Drew. How do you think he's he's stacking up for you so far this season? Do you still think he's getting to the end here um, and winning the show based on what you've seen so far? He's a cornball. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> him doing the snake thing last episode and then kissing his muscles. And I was, I mean, was going to ask you if you um, added that to your infomercial. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's going to have like a dating thing. <laughs> and the best way, the best way to get your muscles to grow is to show it proper love. And yeah, self love. You lift, you know? That's all you need. I mean, at least he's getting a lot more screen time than say, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like Corey's really faded into the background a little bit. I'm like kind of frustrated with yeah. that. I mean, Corey, who is a big, big name and big because of uh, teen mom. And now he's coming on to do the challenge. He's kind of going in between two shows and he's not getting anything uh, being partnered up with Patino. We got a little bit of a confessional last week, but this week I don't think we've seen, we saw any of him, which is kind yeah. of surprising and shocking. I mean, granted CT wasn't being shown a lot before this episode, but I don't know. Maybe he can like, come out more when more of the rookies fall i don't know yeah like um we've got uh cory my number one pick and i'm telling you what guys i am feeling super nervous um we'll, we'll remove the players here from the board the lowest 
people Oof. that I had as well. So I'm losing two off the bat here. And when I'm looking at who's left in my team, you know, with the only experienced guy being Corey, <laughs> not getting a not getting a lot of screen time, I'm nervous. Like, do I like the people that I've got in my team? I do. There's a few people I really do still like to go far. Like Casey's going to be competitive. I don't like her, her as a character on the show, but I mean, she if she makes a final, she's going to do well. She's decent at challenges. Emmanuel, like he's surely going to be starting. Like they're going to start throwing this guy in pretty soon. He's he's a bit of a threat. And then Ed, I just as a character absolutely love him. So pretty good around that. Like I said, Esther, I think is doing. I think she's doing enough this season. She's. Uh, for, of all the rookie females, she's been getting the most confessionals. She's been the most consistent. I think there's a story being built around her. I could see her being that rookie that goes the furthest, potentially. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe not, but potentially she could be there quite deep in the game. Um, and then Tori, I think, is like, I'm really nervous for a few people here. Tori is in real danger. Huey is in real danger currently in my team. Um, and Emmanuel is in real danger. So very soon, I might only end up with like three or four players here in the game. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how things are going to move going forward. Drew, overall, looking at your team, how are you feeling about the players that you've still got left there? You've got some heavy hitters still in your team. I know. I like the quality. I like the quantity and the quality of my players right now. I just need <laughs> Chantel to lose like one or two, and then I'll be like, I'll have a nice peak. Um, I mean, I love my, I love the players that I have with the my top three. I mean, I'm nervous about Big T. I'll be honest. I'm nervous about Big T. I know. I'm sure Bettina. Her protection from Fessy can't last too long. Uh, mm. So I'm a, I'm worried about more of the back. The back end. Uh, I'm very confident with Logan and Devin and Nelson and even Amanda, who isn't being shown all that often. But I think out of everybody who's left, my worry is Big T and Bettina at the moment, just because I just feel like they're going to be targeted sooner rather than later by the vets because they either see them as easy or they don't trust them, which we've heard from about Big T. They don't trust her. So, mm. but I I've got been... the little love. I got the little love right in the middle, though. Right in the middle with Logan <laughs> and Big T right there. Yeah, so it's almost like you knew. I've really enjoyed Priscilla this season as well. Um, I don't know how far she's going to go. I know she's partnered with um, Nelly T. So funny enough, you've got that partnership in there as well. But she's consistently being shown as being the voice of reason and a few mm. of the confessionals and being sort of her reads seem to be very accurate. Um, and I said this earlier. I'm just going to very briefly mention it again. If you're not integral to the storyline and what's happening within the show, but you're still getting those confessionals, to me, that's interesting. It's similar to what Amber's edit was like last year when she won the show. I'm not saying Priscilla necessarily will be that same rookie that's going to go there and win the show. Um, but I, I like that. I like her, and and I I do want to see more of her, and I hope that friendship yes, between please. Big T and Priscilla continues to evolve so that Big T is not left on an island every single time that she comes onto the show. Like we need her to have one or two of these international friends, and and that's someone that's in the UK, similar to Big T. They can actually meet up and have that same friendship outside of the game as well, like a lot of players in the US have. So if you're gonna invest in Big T, start thinking about making sure that there's people that she can align with if she comes back season after season. Because I don't want to see Big T be this outcast every single season. It hurts my heart to see her in that spot every single time. Yeah, she has a lot of great confessionals, and she's also fantastic. I mean, I, I would want more of Priscilla in the edit, and also she has, like, fantastic confessional-like looks. Like, mm. she's just amazing. <laughs> like, 
Uh, she's good looking though, so we need more of her. <laughs> definitely, like I can definitely see more of Priscilla, Priscilla happening, and I want to know what's going to go on with her. Like, what's her storyline? Are they doing this because she's just going to have like one big episode and then go out, or is it because she's going to have a little bit of a, some longevity in the game? I'm here to see it. I think she needs to get a better partner, like a partner that's kind of been, like who she was, Nelly. Like Nelly. he's not been doing anything yeah. this season Nothing. except for, I mean, messing around with Berna. And I feel like he, I wish that he was just more involved with like getting to the end and winning and getting in the strat, like something to see so we can see more Priscilla. Um, but maybe this is good for her that she's not that involved in everything because we don't want people to look at her to maybe throw, throw her mm -hmm. in anytime soon. So I want to see what she brings to the table, but I'm scared when that episode comes, it's going to be because she's going out. So I don't know. You can't have it all. Um, but with my team, I mean, I feel like a few people are in some hot water. I mean, I don't really, I don't see Fessy getting to the end again. I don't see that happening. Um, oh, please. I, I know, right? I, I feel as though people will come for him. And I don't, and I, he'll finally get something that's not a hall brawl that he, or like, you know, pole wrestle that he's not going to be able to do well in. Um, so I can see him going uh, with Berna not having CT. Like, what, is she going to pair up with Nelson? Like, I don't know. I just don't know if anybody would be a good partner for her. Um, and so if she's not with CT anymore, I don't know if she could do that well. Not having his support, I think she might fall mm. apart. Um, and Jeremiah, mm, I don't really see him doing that much. Um, he hasn't shown that he's a super good competitor. We haven't seen that much of him in confessionals or anything like that. So he's just kind of lost. So I can see him going out and not really mattering that much this season so those are my three right now that i'm thinking that like i can see them nothing all about amber i don't really see amber going out necessarily next like i feel like she's more of a fighter i feel like with you know her want like now has like the fuel to actually go against fessy like i want to see her go against fessy and i want to see her succeed yeah. and so i'm hoping for her that she is going to succeed and get fessy out or like retaliate or whatever fessy's scared of with Amber, I want to, him to be proven, oh, I was right. I should have gone for her because she was able to retaliate and get me out of this game. So I want to see that happen. So I'm not going to say that she's going to go out anytime soon. All right. One last quick round of all the teams. Who do we think in our teams are the two players that are playing the best game and are the safest at this point? Um, I will have to go, even though we haven't seen much of him. And I, I agree. I want to see more of Corey. Uh, like, I think that... Um, it's kind of typical of him sometimes to go missing mid-seasons and a lot of these challenge sort of shows, and then he sort of comes back towards the end. So um, I, I don't know if he's going to win this show. I don't know if he's got the edit around him. But then again, the challenge edit, this show so differently compared to other reality TV shows. It's it's not impossible for him to still make a massive run towards the end of the game here. But I do think he's sitting pretty, being in that bed alliance. He's not going to get looked at. And then it's not going to be a shocking one here. Casey is the other person who's very secure, very cocooned and with that alliance with Nani um, and also Fessy and others around her that probably will protect her just due to the relationships that she's got in the game. Does she play an exciting game? No, but she's safe for now. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be boring. I'm going to go for my top two as the two safest people <laughs> at this stage. Drew... <laughs> Yeah, uh, looking your I'm going to shake it up a little bit. I'm going to pick my second and third pick. Uh, I think Devin is playing a fantastic game. Everybody's going to him for advice. And I think Amanda's doing great being under the radar. I mean, she came in with not a lot of enemies, so she has a lot of friends in the game. We're not seeing her get into too much drama or turmoil early in the game, which is good. And she's been in like the best duo partnership 
thus far because they are both vets and they're not going to get sent in uh, anytime soon. I believe that they're still going to be a rookie rookie team. And even if they start going into the rookie vets, she's in a vet vet team right now. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, somebody posed that in my comment section about like Logan should have went for either Amanda or Ashley, because then that would mean that no rookie rookie teams would be left in the game. Uh, I think that wouldn't possibly be good for his game just because he wanted a good partner with Nani. And I don't know if he would have worked well with Amanda or Ashley. And he wanted to do what Josh advised him to do because he trusts him. Um, But I think that would have been an interesting thing come next uh, house vote, which would have been, who do we sent in? Who do we go for? And that could have been a nice pot stirring moment. But that's those are my picks for my team, Devin and Amanda. It's good. It's good. Um, and no surprise, CT, he's kind of being a little bit invisible, but then he wins and then he's going to probably just like slink back into the shadows and then win again and then slink back into the shadows <laughs> and then win the final. So um, I feel like CT knows how to play this game. He knows how to be, he knows how to pop off. He knows how to start, start up drama, but now he's coming in for the paycheck. He's like, you know, my wife doesn't really like me doing these shows, but I'm sure she loves me winning half a million dollars. So I'm just going to be, come on, be a good boy. I'm just going to come in, play nice, win some money, and go home with a paycheck. Um, and then also, of course, Nani is, is the other person I think that's the most safe. I think that with everybody wanting to partner up with her, mm. I think that that means that they don't want her to go anywhere. They want to be with her. They want her to, you know, usher them down like into this game. And so I think that those, in my opinion, are my two, um, two people are going to go the furthest. How funny would it be if Nani actually ends up winning the season where she doesn't talk about how badly she wants to win the season because she hasn't really been giving us any of those confessionals. It would be really um, ironic. I also just wanted to, before we finish off here, address this last question here by speaking the truth. And he says, do you guys prefer a vote, um, a house vote or last place team being the ones that go into elimination? I feel like that would make a lot more sense. It would be a lot more interesting if the last place goes into there. And I've got some thoughts on that. I personally prefer whoever is the last team to go in there and then not to be a houseboat and then um the the agency decides who else goes in there or vice versa um i like it when they vote someone in as the agency and then the the players that got voted and they get to call someone out to challenge them in the elimination those two variations to me is a lot more interesting than what we're seeing here this season and um it's actually the, the theme of the season at this point it might get interesting when we get to the vets, but it's quite boring at the moment with so many rookies being in there. I think they've worked out how to play around it pretty much from day one. They've, they've worked it out. Well, I, I don't understand why. Okay. So they were trying to do like the skull twist because they want everybody to go down to the elimination and like, they want to see people have to fight for their spot in the final. So like they want people to go down into elimination and they want people to play these dailies and not just like get into fights because they're supposed to let me win. You're supposed to let me win. I'm supposed to win this one. Like, no, everybody play for yourself. Like, yes, you can be in a big alliance, but play for yourself. And whoever sucks the most has to deal with the consequences. Like, I've always enjoyed that. I always enjoyed the like, prize money for the top finishing team. So people can have to show their cards a little bit if they're going to do well, show that they're good competitors. Like, I feel like, you know, they're letting them off easy by making them not have to go in. They can just have a purely good social game and just coast all the way to the end and then go in and win the final, which is what I thought the Red Skulls were preventing them, what they wanted to prevent from doing. So why are they allowing them to do it without making there be a consequence of doing poorly in the daily? So I'm all for having the lowest, like the the worst finishing team in the daily 
go directly in. It's like, go directly to jail. Don't pass go to collect your $200. You're going in the lair. Yeah, I agree. There has to be some, there has to be something to the missions and why you want to do well in them or not do the worst. So I do like last place goes in, or I like the call out with like the tribunal in war of the worlds where there was a group that put three people in, then they voted on those three people and then they got to call out somebody or I like, I think the free agents was the best way. I know everybody talks about the kill cards, but it was the best way where there is a winning team. They get to vote in somebody into the elimination that's going directly into the elimination. And then the back half or the, the, the last three players or the last three finishers, the last five, however many there was left, they're in the draw. And you, Mm. that made you want to be better than half of the people that were in doing the missions because I have to work out or I'm going to possibly have a probability of going into an elimination that I could lose. And to me, that was the best way to make the missions. You have to, you have to play them and you have to not just get not last or you can't, it it also nerfs the numbers a little bit. We all talk about how there's only one winner. There's no consequences for a loser. And if you know, can make somebody win that's on your side, you don't have to really try all that hard. So, I mean, I just think that we need to make the missions mean something. And so I think the kill cards and the free agents did the best job because it was that, oh, am I going to get lucky with pulling the card? Now, I know that people were like, oh, Devin didn't have to go into an elimination. It made it to the finals and got third place. But she had to do like a ton of draws. I mean, you're not going (laughs) to get that lucky all the time kind of thing. So I don't know. I think we need to go back that way. Jordan moment, which like I know didn't pan out for him, but like, that yeah. that moment was pretty epic and like that kind of yeah. crystallized him as being an epic player in like he was still probably considered a little bit of a rookie then and then like that mm. was like when he made his mark is like nope i'm here to stay i'm here to play and they're not really giving these new rookies any opportunities to really stand out because they have the vets they're just throwing the competitions to each other so they have the power and they make the decisions and it's like is it me or you this week and so I totally yeah. agree. The kill cards would be super great. I can see like Kel's going down there, seeing that, oh, if this is who I want, I'm going to go down, boom, 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 and let me stay in the game. So, yeah, yeah. I think that giving the rookies a shot um, at, at doing well would be on any of these variations that we've spoken about. Yeah, I mean, that would also help out. Uh, yeah, I mean, having somebody that does terrible, like Ashley and Huey in the first mission, they're in the draw against all yeah. these other rookies that kind of did terrible in there. I mean, you could have a mixture and then also it leaves it up to chance. I mean, you could get a rookie or you can get a vet and it's kind of like, we don't, we can't fall back purely on numbers. I don't know why I just like to bring that up and then get this all heated the- about it because <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to me, to me, this is the best part of the podcast. So for anybody that actually waited here until this point, yeah, I, think we, <laughs> I think we actually, we actually fixed the show, you know, going forward. So what I heard, you know, any anytime we bring free agents up and we bring the kill cards up, I'm all for it because free agents is my favorite season of all the seasons that I've watched. Yeah. I really, really it's enjoy it. So one. yeah, bring free agents, bring the kill cards back, bring Jordan back is what I'm hearing. You know, <laughs> I'm all for that. We get I rid will, of Tori if they yeah. want to play in the same season. Like I'll I, take Jordan back. I will say if you want to fix ratings, make it a free agents too and watch everybody go crazy when you bring back like all the old OGs and some favorites oh, yeah. and, and 
call it free agents too and everybody would lose a freaking mind of like the kill card is back is like all you have to do in the trailer on the promo on between ridiculousness episodes and everybody would be like yo what i got Let's do it. even though you mentioned ridiculousness i was like okay, yeah epic. put it put at least even if it's fake just put a scene of jordan flipping all the kill cards bring jordan back and let him flip all the kill cards and uh, <laughs> oh my gosh what <laughs> <laughs> all right one last question here before we finish off um and sam is asking you this question uh, Chantel, as the person who's the relationship expert on the panel here <laughs> bc and amanda yay or nay and i've got a feeling i know what you're going to say that face tells us <laughs> everything we need to know <laughs> i mean it's a name but it's also hilarious because amanda is just such she's so bitchy to him and so it's just like, and she treats him like garbage. And like the fact that he's just like so obsessed with it, that's kind of funny. But um, I'm, I'm not shipping that relationship. Um, I don't really care that much. I would mm. I, I like kind of maybe seeing if there's some drama that comes out of it. But I, is, this why Fessy, is this why Fessy comes back season after season? Because the fans treat him like garbage and he just loves the show too much and he loves being treated that way. Is that why he's coming back to play every season? I think so. <laughs> a little bit strange strange abusive relationship with the show or with maybe even amanda here which i haven't followed any of that sam i don't know what's going on, on the instagram i'll go check that out afterwards but together. yeah <laughs> but i do want to go and do the round table here drew what do you have coming up in the next week on your channel i'm sure there's a lot more challenge content and you're doing your weekly um sort of shorter versions of your thoughts on, on what's happening each episode as well and what else have you got in the pipeline coming up and uh, we know cara maria i think we, we we're sort of putting that out here mm -hmm. every week where by the time it's going to drop people are going to be really amped for it because we talk about it every week a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i gotta uh, there's a lot of pressure now um <laughs> no i uh, next week i'm just doing the review and recaps and tiny table talk while i work on the giant video of car marie's evolution and then the next tuesday not this tuesday but next tuesday is the car video is supposed to get out so tuesday or wednesday and then i got a lot written down that i'm thinking about but i like to take it as a as a step at a time to kind of feel like how i'm feeling like i was thinking of like a landon documentary or going with bad calls by production i thought would be a good one or talking mm. about band players um those have been really on my mind for a little bit um especially going into october i'm very excited i'm trying to come up with some fun different ideas for the october season but we'll see how it all goes but right now definitive is the car video coming out in two weeks Looking forward to that. Chantel, what do you have coming up on your channel? Puns. I don't know. I'm always online. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm hanging out with Sarah from Entertainment on Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, talking about the last couple of episodes of Survivor South Africa. So join us there tomorrow. Um, Big Brother, after the episode, we go live. We're doing um, Bachelor in Paradise. Um, I'm also with Sarah from Entertainment again on Wednesdays, I think at about 6 p.m. Eastern. I'm um, talking about The Circle, episode one and two we just did this week. And then next week I'll do uh, three, four, five, and six on Wednesday. So with her, so that's something else. And I'm probably doing like five other shows that I've forgotten right now. But, uh, <laughs> you know, subscribe to Reality Realness and uh, hit the notification. And so you'll know whenever I go live. 
For sure. I, I saw the circle sort of, there was a lot going on this week on social media about that. So I, like, I, I just keep like I circle, don't read, move on next thing, you know, cause I, I definitely want to jump into that and watch it as well. I've, I've always enjoyed the circle. Um, it's one of my guilty pleasures. Um, yeah, so basically on, on Reality Pop, firstly, we just want to thank everybody that um, has subscribed to the channel over the last couple of months. We've just hit a 1,000 subscribers, which is a, yeah. a massive achievement for um, Reality Pop to be able to have achieved that. So thank you for everybody that either listens to this show or any of the other shows that is on Reality Pop as well. Um, I will be back uh, later on tonight, my time, which will probably be somewhere in the early morning hours. Um, I don't want to do the conversion over to America, <laughs> but it'll be like early, it'll be like... 4am or 5am or something like that to talk about uh, Survivor South Africa and I will have one of my favourite, in fact he, he's probably my favourite player of last season uh, for Survivor South Africa, Jacques Berger will be a guest on the podcast with us tonight to talk about that as well um, it's been a great season so far, uh, spoiler alert Chantal have you watched <laughs> <laughs> Nico's voted out. Nico's oh. voted out. The host has voted out. No, I'm just joking. Um, so yeah, so so we'll be talking to um Jack about the this season. It's been a great season. And then also tomorrow we'll have the latest exit interview with the person who got voted out on there. And then um we will have on Monday, Sunday in the US, it'll be the finale episode for Australian Brains versus Brawns. Can you believe they started after Survivors of Africa? They're finishing before it because they do three episodes a week. It's pretty full on. So it's been a roller coaster. Um and I I am looking forward to the off-season uh, for International Survivor and maybe getting involved in a few other things and some fun podcasts around that as well. So uh, stay tuned. Hit the subscription button if you haven't yet. Put the notification on. We'll be back next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday to talk about the challenge, Episode 6. So really looking forward to catching up with you guys then. Ciao. See ya. Yeah.